Hostel. And welcome back to the uh, welcome backpack, I should say, to the uh, film rulecast episode number fifteen, where we're going to talk about the somewhat, well, arguably niche, but the definitely a cult favourite amongst his very fans, Eli Ross' very own hostel. It's me, Stu, we're the only ones brave enough. Nim's gone off backpacking in Slovakia, I'm informed. Stu, have we heard any update? No, I mean, Nim was trying to make the podcast even better. Nim volunteered to go backpacking in Slovakia. He found a really nice hostel to stay in, and we were going to do a live link to speak to Nim. Um, the last I heard, he was going to a nightclub, and uh, I've not heard since. So uh, I'm not too sure, really. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Absolutely. But Nim actually didn't watch Hostel before he left to uh, go and do his live podcast, so maybe we should have warned him. <laughs> maybe we should have. Uh, um, <laughs> I, can, I can only imagine what's going on with him after watching after watching the, the film. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but what about just... Graham? What's going on with Graham tonight? I believe I believe Graham Graham has gone to Slovakia to fit his aunt's fridge. Um, uh, I've another... heard he went out there. I heard a different story. I heard he went out there to run a um, start a sports scheme for kids. Ah, well, well look at look at that. Look at that. The uh, the r- rumours abound. I, to be honest, you out of those two rumours, I'd probably I'd believe your one a lot more. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hostel, what did you think when I uh, first suggested Hostel? I mean, I, I think at the moment, with regards to um, the Green Inferno coming out, and Eli Roth is obviously very popular at the moment, and I, I love his films, so uh, I, I wanted to kick off. I mean, we could have kicked off with Cabin Fever, that, which he first released in 2002, which was obviously a, another gore fest, but I, I thought we'd go straight to Hostel. What yeah. did you think about it? I mean, I, I, I know what you mean by straight up, because I think, uh, um, you know, in July 2014, up until this date, I think Hostel is synonymous with Eli Roth, more so probably than Cabin Fever. For me, it's, it's, I think it's his most well-known film when you're talking to people that may, that, that have heard of Eli Roth. And if you mention Hostel, they'd be like, oh yeah, if you mention Cabin Fever, maybe not so much, if that makes any sense, you know? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think... Cabin Fever, it was really huge, and it's it's still kind of gaining momentum, especially off the back of the Green Inferno and the Hostel series. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Hostel, it, it's yeah, it's a it's a really, it's quite a graphic film to some. I mean, I, I, I was interesting looking at the date when um, Saw came out because Saw was another two thousand four. You say yeah, today, another, we? another torture kind of porn horror, wasn't it? Really that. Yeah, what do you think of the torture porn horror? It's, it's a Saw came out, and it kind of, um, even though I'm sure torture porn was kind of around, it kind of put it into the mainstream the, the, the first time to do it. And then obviously Hostel took it to, uh, if you excuse the pun, new extremes, obviously compared, compared to Saw. Um, what, what do you think of this whole torture porn uh, kind of I, like, I, horror I, genre? I enjoy it. I think it's good fun, to be honest. If you take it for what it is, and some of it is really extreme, uh, they seem to take it to to new levels. Each film in the Saw films, I think, are really clever, and they take it to different stages of how graphic they can be. And obviously, people are put in different situations, and they'll have to sacrifice themselves for their own gain or for others. And it's what they'll go through. And a lot of it, it is graphic, but it's quite psychological as well. And if you think, what would you do in that situation, and how 
desperate they are. I think off the back of Hostel is it was such an original idea, and uh, I like the fact that when I first watched it, I was sort of twenty years old when I first watched it, it and I hadn't been travelling, and uh, it really made me think: Does this stuff go on? And what an awful situation these lads are in. And it kind of really put me off because if you're in the middle of nowhere, that's the back here where they go. Where they are is they're just so out of the way, and you could go missing, and you'd never be missed. No one would know where you are. And I think that was the horror, first of all, before you got to any of the torture scenes, that this could really happen. Yeah, it could. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, that was that was a fit, and I think a hostile more so than I think any of the Saw films, um, and that includes obviously the first one. Uh, well, I went to the cinema to watch Hostel, the first time I watched, and it's probably the last horror film, bearing in mind what we're talking, it's nearly 10 years old now. Um, it, yeah. It, yeah, um, it, it's the, the, most, the, the last film I saw at the cinema that actually made me feel uncomfortable, rather than scared, um, very uncomfortable and uneasy. Um, and I think no film since has really done it to that extent. Uh, the first time I watched Hostel, um, I watched it again at home, got the same feelings, and I completely forgot how grotesque and in, and, and I don't know, I don't want to say horrible because it, may, it makes out I didn't like the film, um, but but how, how grotesque and and violent and vulgar um, this film uh, actually is. Yeah, yeah. So you saw Hostel at the cinema first of all, did you? I did see Hostel at the cinema when it came out. Yes. Yeah, so I never actually went to see it at the cinema. Um, I don't know why, whether it was whoever I was dating at that time didn't really uh, didn't want to go and see such a, a film, but I saw it when it went straight to uh, straight to DVD after that. I don't think I, it's, I, I don't think you missed much. Cinema, pretty, it must be pretty horrific in the cinema. It was, it was, but it's a bit like I don't think um, from cinema to DVD in your home, you don't miss as much. Oh, uh, I've got a text from Graham. Um, you don't miss as much from the cinema to uh, DVD as you would, for example, if you're watching like the, the Avengers film. Then if you watch it in the cinema, you're going to get the full experience. Um, you, you know. But at home, I think it's just yeah. as, almost just as good on, and it translates just as well as to the cinema when you're watching it on DVD. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the idea of Hostel come up from when he was, uh, Eli Roth was just sitting with uh, one of his friends. I can't remember his name off the top of my head now. I was looking on the internet and they were talking about the most gross and graphic thing you've ever seen on the internet if you try to find something. And uh, he was talking about in, I think it might have been Malaysia, um, it's one of the Asian countries that like, the poor families would sacrifice themselves for $10,000 to actually go and be tortured and executed and murdered and the money would go to their families because it was just such poverty-stricken families then. And uh, he wanted to do some investigation in that, but it was dealt with by such kind of um, hardened gangs, if you want, that he kind of stayed away from it because of the repercussions that could possibly come to him. And it was only when someone came up with an idea of backpacking or three lads backpacking across Europe that um, he put this idea with it, and there came the, uh, the film Hostel. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, even though the, the original idea is 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 definitely scary and a lot darker uh, and and, gr- and grittier in a way, and it's basically making a point which would have made the film somewhat different, you know, like, almost like a political statement as such. Um, yeah. I think um, through no not being insensitive to that at all, I think the idea of him making it backpackers uh, translates well 
more so and better to a Western, um, to, to, to obviously the Western, arguably the intended audience. They, they basically would have associated with these backpackers had they been of any country rather than obviously a family, a family in poverty a lot more. I mean, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree, to be honest. And I, I think when you look at Eli Roth, if you, if you like your horror films, you know what you're going to get, really, when you get his films, don't you? If you're going to sit down and let's watch a film by Eli Roth, you're going to be watching the horror film in Cabin Fever in 2002. Um, and then you've got Cabin Fever, the video documentary, you've got 2001 Maniacs, 2005 Hostel, we did the fake trailer segment for Grindhouse, Hostel 2, Last Exorcism, uh, Aftershock, The Man with the Iron Fist, which is a um, which is a, an Asian Eastern martial arts film, which is a really good film, I have to say. Um, Last Exorcism, Sacrament, and Green Inferno. So he really is a, uh, a, a producer of, of, I think, good fun horror films, really. Good, well, well I, I, don't know where, I, don't, I don't know about the word fun. <laughs> In this no, no. but we spoke this morning. We did. I was shocked. I and, needed uh, a cup of tea after it, just like I needed a cup of tea after I watched it the, the, yeah. the first time. It was a bit like whoa. I felt like um, I, I think when I explained to you this morning, I've been on a roller coaster ride, which was interesting and fun, and I'm glad I did it. But I question as to whether I'd actually want to do it again because it was it was that extreme. Maybe I'm a pussy. Um, to be honest, you. As, that as was the word <laughs> I was thinking of whilst you were talking. <laughs> but you did better than Graham. Graham only managed, I think he said, 20 minutes of the film. He did. I think he only managed... For... But this is the thing. The, the, the big question, right? It's a shame, obviously, uh, uh, Mr. Graham is not, on, uh, is not here. Because 20 minutes in, it's very much a film, I don't even want to say of two halves, of, um, ah. of uh, you've got a two-third part, two of two-thirds, and then the last third, obviously, obviously being the craziness, uh, and it, after all that build-up, you know, it yeah, kind of builds the, up to yeah, it. Exactly. You've got the three acts of the introduction of the guys of how they got there. And then you've got the the build-up of the train journey there, the going to the hostel, and what appears to be all their dreams come true. And then you've got the reality of the, the real reason why they're there. And he never actually made it to the train journey um, <laughs> to Slovakia. I think he. He psyched himself up so much that this was going to be such a, an awful film. Yes. He said he just tapped out after about 20, 30 minutes, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. But just the fact we're doing number two next week, and then um, we're going to do Cabin Fever as well after that. We are, we are, we are. We are. So if you don't like horror films, come back in a month. Uh, I think exactly. if you come back at end of August, beginning of September, you should be okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is... I wanted to do this on the build-up to uh, The Green Inferno, which... By the sounds of it, we stand no chance of watching as a four, maybe a three, but um, I don't think a four going to the uh, cinema. To, to be honest, I honestly think, Stu, if if you, me, if, if if Nim, you and I were going to the cinema, I think Graham would almost come by default because he wouldn't want to miss out. And uh, if he sat you in the middle, he'd sit on the end or in the middle, he'd sit in the middle, wouldn't he? <laughs> Would he get the point on his own halfway through the film? Yeah, um, no, absolutely. I've got no point if, if obviously we can get everyone together, which is always difficult for difficult enough for a bloody one-hour podcast, let alone let alone a freaking film. Um, if we can get yeah. anyone, everyone together, it could be interesting because I think nothing gets uh, you talking more. I think than um, uh, arguably a, a horror film. I think had we had to, we all gone to see it back in two thousand and five, Hostel, I think it would have been a very interesting 
podcast had we done it about 24 hours after about what everyone actually thought about it. Yeah, I'd like to see it in IMAX 3D and all of us go. I think that would be awesome. That would, that, that would. I definitely think that we should have a live camera permanently uh, planted towards Graham just to see his facial features throughout the film. Yeah, well, when we do um, take cabin fever, if we can sort something out, maybe we'll do a live commentary podcast. I like that idea. Pop around someone's house, do a live commentary podcast on it. Yes, yeah. I, I think that'd be great. Anyway, let's crack on with the uh, absolutely. The I've got it. Okay. Paxton, Josh and Ollie are backpacking across Europe when they're told about a hostel in Slovakia. Once they hear that the hostel is infested with beautiful women who only want tourists, especially Americans, who they love their voices, they quickly get on a train to the wonder of a promised land. As soon as they get there, they start having a time of their lives with women who are completely out of my league. And maybe I can speak for you, James, but they're probably out of your league as well. Absolutely. To be honest, to be honest, Dane Ender's out of my league. Um, So... (laughs) They slowly start to realise that the hostel is hiding a terrible dark secret, which uh, which is a terrible dark secret. It's but yeah, hell. I mean, hell. As soon as you kick on with the film, I mean, when you get the intro and you get the music, it, all it is is just someone whistling, and you've got basically tools of torture, which are just hanging down with blood dripping from them and people clearing up blood and guts, which I think kind of. Sets the mood for the last act of the film, really, isn't it? It does, but then you completely, you kind of forget about it then for the next 30 minutes, that that was the beginning of the film. It's almost like, we're looking at almost like, um, it's, it's almost like an American pie that's slightly less funny, uh, in terms of we're just watching these teenagers and their antics, essentially, aren't we, for the first for half an hour. Yeah, I think it's a, a good introduction. What do you think about um, the characters that Paxton, Josh, and obviously Ollie from Iceland... I, uh, I I like them, and I like the way they're being they're, they're being introduced. They're very, um, I, I think. I mean, I, I never like of what I never like people in Amsterdam. They're doing drugs. I think that's so cliche and trip. Yeah, man, this is good shit. Let's get high. That really yeah. it, that that really annoys me. It annoys me in any film um, when they do that to try and get funny. I mean, I, I think in this case it was kind of trying to be. This is what people get up to in Amsterdam. When you get things like in scary moving comedies when they try and do it, it's so tropey and it's just like, oh, for God's sake, it's, it's not funny anymore. It was funny, it, you know, for some people, not me, it was funny in 1999, but not anymore. Over yeah. here, I can kind of forgive it a tiny bit, even though I didn't really enjoy it. Um, uh, I, can, I can understand why some people thought it was funny, but what I really liked was the first part of the film where it introduced these characters and, and, move, move, and moving along, it was almost, it was very, I felt it was very much like... Um, when, when we looked at the film Jaws, not really much happened until the last third of the film. It was very much a character study and getting to know these characters really, really well. And I thought the way they were all introduced was, was, was brilliant. Um, yeah, and I, and I thought they, they stuck to their characters um, throughout the film. I mean, you've got Paxton, who's obviously the, uh, the good-looking, smooth-talking American guy who's... Um, the main character in the end. Yeah, the main character who's um, going to the bar and he's going to, wants to be a, a solicitor or, or barrister or over there, doesn't he? Yes, he does. You've got Josh, who obviously wants to write, and he's quite an intellectual guy. He's quite shy. He's, he's not experienced sexually. You get that from when they go to the red light district. And Ollie, who uh, will basically shag anything, won't he? He is. He, he is. He is. I, I think um, when, I, when I was looking at the IMDb trivia, um, he... he um, I think didn't Eli was apologise for the way the uh, Iceland uh, Iceland people were 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 shown via Ollie. 
Yeah, he wanted to get permission, didn't he, from yes. the uh, was it the president or something to so uh, yeah, which was quite good. But I enjoyed that. I thought it was a really good introduction to the characters. You got to know what they're like just through them going to clubs and meeting women and stuff like that. And it, obviously, as you say, it starts off in Amsterdam, where they just want to go and shag and get drunk and have drugs. And I can understand that to a certain extent because obviously a lot of the states in America. Drug, drugs are illegal. Some of them they're, they're legal. So these it appears like this is their last jolly before they knuckle down and get jobs. So I can understand what you were saying about the trope of going to Amsterdam, which is used in a lot of films. But I think in this one it was believable because they could experience things like drugs in the red light district that they can't unless they go to like the um, was it Las Vegas or Nevada. They can go to the brothels and they can basically take their pick and shag who they want. Especially of foreign women as well, which is a bit of a buzz for them. Yes. But so they go to the uh, they go to the hemp cafe and obviously you see um, is a cameo by Eli Roth there, isn't there? Yes. <laughs> yeah, sitting there uh, coughing his lungs up. Was there? <laughs> was there? There wasn't a cameo. Was there a cameo by Tarantino? I know he produced it. I don't think there was. Um, I didn't see him, and I was looking to see all like the pickups of of what they did because there was the signals of Tarantino with regards to um, obviously they showed Pulp Fiction, didn't they? Yes, which I thought which I thought was good. Um, but there was there was no Tarantino with a bad accent at all. No, which was uh, which was a relief. I mean, <laughs> that would have really pissed me off. That was in episode eight when we did a. Uh, Django, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. I'm glad there wasn't. But I can imagine Tarantino popping up doing a, uh, a Dutch accent as a tourist or, or, or living there, giving them directions. That would have pissed me off. Uh, if you wouldn't have been able to work out what accent it was, I still don't know what accent he was trying to do in Django Unchained. Well, email, really wanna... <laughs> email us at the film at gmail.com if you've got an idea. Yeah. yeah, or yeah, just anything. Twitter, anything will do. I, I, I don't really want to revisit that film and watch it to find out. So, uh, but it's still, but yeah, it's still it, clearly it's still bothering you. A good, you know, yeah. five or six it, it wasn't bothering on. me until you brought it up, Jay. So, uh, oh, sorry. Well, well, back, well, then back back to hostel, obviously. Um, yeah, when they go to a nightclub and they're speaking to these um, two hotties, and uh, Josh pulls out his bum bag, doesn't he? And they just throw his fanny sack and they just laugh at him and walk off. I thought that was quite appropriate for. Josh's character wasn't it he doesn't see anything wrong with that he wants he's interested in keeping his valuables together like a, very <laughs> sensible in a, I'm not being funny in a foreign country I think that's very sen- I think that's very sensible I think Josh should be commended <laughs> to be honest that's a, I would do the exact same thing in a nightclub so you would be the Josh character I probably would be the Josh yeah absolutely I'll be fine with that as well I think Graham would be the Paxton character I think the Paxton character yeah, if they had another character, a fourth person who slept a lot and was always tired, I think you could safely say that was Nim. Yes. Um, so, but I'm definitely not Ollie. I know that for a bloody fact. So, maybe, but, yeah, so, maybe, maybe, but maybe you want to be him deep down, subconsciously, when you're younger. I could want to be him. I'd like to be as slim as him. I know that for a fact. Well, that yes, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, me too. Me too. Absolutely. Um, but it's, did you see the making um, behind the scenes on YouTube? That I, I did. You? I, I, yes, I, I did. I did. Yeah, I like the the bit in the nightclub. Obviously, they have a fight in the nightclub and they get kicked out, and the 
the uh, large doorman kicks him out. Yes. His, his English is shockingly bad, isn't it? But his own, was was, was he a cast member? Um, I don't think, no, because they used a lot of locals, didn't they? They, 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 they use a lot of locals a lot of, and cast members in, in the film. And I'm wondering then whether he was obviously one of them with his uh, not particularly good English. But I think that but just added... Saying to him, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. And it was like, get the fuck out. Yeah. And then so that's all he had to say. And he had to practice those lines again and again and again <laughs> until he got it right. He goes, get the fuck out. That sounds more Chinese. but it Well, yeah, it does. It does. It does. But I think it, it was good in a way because it made it more realistic in terms of, you yeah. know, I mean, some of these people are, are going to have slightly broken English if, if English wasn't, you know, they didn't learn it properly at school. Yeah. Or, or, or really, whatever. The decision to go to that nightclub and getting kicked out it's it's all the the chain of events that basically leads them to go into Slovakia, doesn't it? It does because a chain of events that they they sit outside they, they the hostel they are currently in Amsterdam they can't get in, can they? And then they no. start. Um, I think Ollie has the great idea of starting. Was it starting to sing? Like, yeah, upsetting the locals. Yeah, everyone tells them to piss off, and uh, then they walk around, and they um, then they go to the red light district, don't they? They do. Yeah, and I thought that was quite funny that they all went in there and obviously the idea is that they all end up getting laid. And uh, the fact the other two were into S&M and just shagging everything. And then Josh has that chance to shag that prostitute who's stunningly good looking, absolutely amazing. And she takes her top off and she turns around and he's gone. Yes. That's it. I think, again... I think it wouldn't have fitted the film if Josh would have started banging the arse off her, to be honest. It just wouldn't have been no, right. It, it wouldn't have been. And, and the interesting thing with this character, he made out that uh, he did go ahead with it, didn't he, essentially? Yeah, exactly. When uh, yeah, when he went. But I don't... Because obviously the next scene from that is uh, they don't obviously get in their hostel and they end up speak uh, in this little apartment with Alex, a Dutch guy. Yes. I don't know how they come up, how you came to meet Alex. Do you? Was it one of Ollie's friends, or was I, it one of Paxton's friends? I'm not too sure. I don't know. I'll have to rewatch that bit again. Um, yeah. Because I remember, the, I, re- I remember them being in. The, I remember them get, walking into the apartment. There's a couple. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is, is it? His roommates are not having sex on the bed. Yeah. Both of them come a little, completely out of it. Um, yeah. Ollie's just sitting there. Yes. Yeah, just by his woman's breasts. I think that's pretty funny, yeah. But Alex obviously turns out to be, I suppose, an agent or a rep for, for the hostel, doesn't it? Or the elite hunting club, that's what they're called, aren't yes. they? Yes, yeah, yeah, he does. And he's the one that puts the idea of Slovakia in their head. Yeah, he gets his camera, he shows them the pictures of women having threesomes and stuff like that. And all these women are just absolutely stunning. And that's it, they... Start, they, they start thinking with their dicks, don't they? They do. The one thing, uh, one criticism for, from my point of view is wh- these guys aren't—they aren't stupid. I mean, you got Paxton, who's obviously a lawyer, you, you know, uh, etc. And, um, and Ollie's obviously, yeah, and even even the other two, with Josh being quite sensible. I I, f- I found it hard to believe that they would, that they believed this guy so easily, and we're like, yeah, let's go considering they're now pointing and going to a completely different country. You know, it's not just down the road, is it? Yeah, I kind of... I, I was thinking that when I was watching it, but I was trying to think of it as... They've got to be 21, 20, between 21 and 25, haven't they? Yes. 
So I was trying to think of it not as a 40-year-old, but as someone who's, who is 25. And I mean, even at 40, you think with the wrong part of your body, don't you? I do. So we, all, we, 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 we all do. We all do. I get yeah. headaches when I think with my head. So, <laughs> at twenty-five, you may as well not have a brain. You may as well just have it somewhere else in your body. You know. So yeah. I was trying to think. Then, sure, they're away. They haven't got their parents. They've got the freedom to go and do what they want. Someone puts his picture in front of them, or the several pictures of his women, and they say that they love American accents, and you can get what you want there. It, it wouldn't surprise me. You, you've got three lads encouraging each other to do exactly the same thing. You're going to go, aren't you? You are. You are. Yeah, you are going to go. Um, yeah. So they jump on the train and they go to go to Slovakia. So uh, and I, I thought it was quite interesting on the train because the film's still quite upbeat then, isn't it? It is. It's almost like a documentary style, Club 18 to 30, what they get up to kind of thing. Follow, You know, almost following these... Yeah. These uh, these three around, but I think Eli Roth's audience is the age, or, or, or you know, of the protagonists. You know, the type of people yeah. the, the protagonists essentially are. So it's almost reflecting the audience um, that will be watching, obviously, this film. Um, uh, of, you know, so he's t- so so he's targeting he's he's, he's targeting the right, the right audience there, and I think that's nice because I think that helps obviously make them. So relatable. I mean, Paxton's good looking, but he's not. You know, he's not stunning. He's no. He's he's, he's no model. Let's say. Josh, no. Josh, Josh is a bit bit of a geek, and only, so you've got three very different characters, but three very relatable characters. We all know someone that's kind of maybe similar to Paxton, Josh, and Ollie. Um, you know, yeah. by the time by, by the time obviously we we hit our mid twenties, whether whether we've been to university or, or different jobs or friends down the pub we've met anyway. So I think I think that's what makes him so relatable, and it continues, and it continues, and. And what's good about them, their characters aren't obviously complete stereotypes or, tro- or, or tropes in themselves. Once again, and I, be, I keep saying it, which is what makes them, once again, so relatable. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's credit down to the, the directing and the direction of, of what they actually wanted out of these characters. Because they could have put it on the flip side and it could have been absolutely awful, couldn't it? If yes. the characters weren't believable and they didn't you couldn't connect to them. It just... You wouldn't care about the, them. No, the build-up would have been so shit that once they started getting tortured and they started disappearing, as you say, that you just wouldn't give a shit that they disappear. And if one goes missing and you start seeing him being tortured, you probably think, well, good, he's a tall anyway, so it doesn't make a difference. But, yeah, I think it's great that you can relate to these characters and you enjoy their experiences watching it, that you start to kind of panic or worry when they do go missing because yeah. you know what the film's about as well no absolutely no absolutely um but yeah it, it starts to turn darker on the train as soon as that guy walks in and he i mean when i first watched the film he just looks so creepy doesn't he yeah and i think um he looks so creepy the glasses helped and he had he had the the kind of um he, he wasn't german he was dutch wasn't he dutch business and um yeah it was, he was Dutch, but he had that kind of like Dutch Germanic type um, type of ac- of accent in such a way it almost sounded like a creepy Bond villain kind of accent, didn't it? Um, the, the, yeah. way, the way he was talking, which I think completely added um, to to his character. And from the yeah, you're right. From the moment he entered the room, it, it kind of made you feel uneasy. And 
it was get, and then it progressively got worse the longer he was in the yeah. room, what he was doing, and what he was talking about. Exactly, because his eyes were creepy, and obviously he touches Josh's leg. Yeah, right at the end when they tell him to go away. Yeah, which is uh, Josh freaks out, and uh, and he eats food with his hands, and he starts talking about his hands are tools; they're not used enough by people, and he eats the food like he's like cannibalizing. A human being, isn't he? The way he eats it with his fingers is. Yeah, and he explains obviously. You know, you know, we've lost um, the relationship with our with our bodies and the ways. He, yeah, and it's it is. It's very. I don't know. It was very uneasy watching him watching him eat it. I don't know whether it was whether it was the camera shot. I'd imagine, and the way he was eating, the way he's picking up with his with with his fingers, it was almost like the way you'd imagine, as you said, for example, like a caveman taking a you know eat, eating fresh meat from a carcass almost. Yeah, and that kind of, like throughout the film, that set alarm bells ringing with me. Uh, and instantly, there's so many parts in this film makes me think, what would I do if I was in a foreign country? And uh, if someone come to train like that, but obviously you've got the protection of being with two other mates, haven't you? You do. So you can easily shun it away. But as soon as they arrive, when they want to go in Slovakia, the place is an absolute shithole, isn't it? It's like a third world country. It does. It, it does look, and I'm sure that I, I'm. I have it on good authority that Slovakia is not nothing like that as a whole. So I mean, mm. but yeah, the, the place they picked, it is. It is absolutely run down, um, run down. You know, obviously, whatever council authorities that have not looked after uh, after the place, we have homeless kids when they, yeah. you know, running around the bubble gun, for example, the bubble gun yeah. gun, which were introduced for, you know, and see a number of times throughout the film. It doesn't look very hospitable. It looks like an yeah. absolute horrible place. And then, and then once again, that, that does make me wonder, why do they continue? They get off the train. I know, obviously, they're thinking with their penises, but I still think at some, at some point, they never really, do they, they never really have a serious discussion, discussion about, okay, why are we really here? This place looks, no. let's go back, maybe. I mean, then, the foreshadowing of that, of the guy on the train, the way he looks, with that, that smile on his face, and he says, they're talking about Slovakia and where they're going, he says, you can pay for anything there, and he repeats this twice, doesn't he? Yes. Obviously, he's, you know after a while, he's speaking for himself and his own experiences of why he's going over there. No, um, absolutely. Yeah, which is yeah, as you say, the, the three of them never get together and say, "Right, we've got to stick together. This is what we're going to do." It, it's just thinking with their dicks. But, but again, I think that's what twenty-five-year-olds would do in another country if they're going for that reason. They've seen the pictures while they're going there. They know. Yeah, they've seen the pictures. The but then you get off the train and you see that. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe fast twenty-five, I think differently. But I'll be like, "Whoa, wait a minute, guys." Um, I'm getting yeah. back on that. I'm going to get back on that train. Um, yeah, just... no, I know exactly what you mean. And they, they, they get there, and I think it's kind of it's you get the views. Obviously, you get the stereotypes in different movies of when you go to kind of like Eastern Bloc countries and stuff like that. The taxi driver was one of them. Who's like a he's got like a no tooth Neanderthal, isn't he? Yes. He probably doesn't have a driving license. They're all driving kind of Mercedes Benz that are from the 1950s that are just shitholes. I mean, even as you, when you're looking at on um, IMDb, it says that the, the original taxi driver they went to use got so pissed on the day of filming that they had to use another taxi they driver. Did, they did, yes, like a, they a wanted to use them. locals, didn't they? they did. Yeah. 
and I think that's great. And so they get to the hostel, and it's in a really quaint village, isn't it? Which kind of makes them feel a lot easier about where they're going. It does, yeah, yes. A, a nice village. It, almost like you, you kind of like stumble across it on your travels, which is completely out of the way on its own. A bit like the pub in a, in, a, in an American world in London. You know, you know, I'm completely yeah. out of the way. Um, yeah, and quite quaint and quite not. And obviously, unlike the pub, this village is quite nice and quite accommodating. Let's say, obviously, for very for various reasons in the end. But yeah, yeah, and they get there, they check in, and I mean, as I say, I've never been backpacking across Europe or anything like that but when they gave their passports in that would have made me feel really uneasy as well once you give your passport up you're in a foreign country you're very vulnerable aren't you you are and why would you I don't know do you give I, the passports up in Austin I'm, I mean you're, you've been told by your pet. I never remember getting told by my parents and told by other people that you never basically leave your passport anywhere no, I mean, I mean no. and, and I'm pretty sure that's the advice and like wish for you were here or anything or watchdog or anything like that, which you see. You know what I mean? When you go to foreign countries, you have your passport with you at all times. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Which, which, exactly. It's your gold that you carry around, your passport, isn't it? Yeah. No, no, no it is. Which, and, and that once again, if that's what they do, Stu, then absolutely fine. And I think, you know, we're both wrong. But that's an, another alarm bell, which the people, it, which the three people, three boys completely ignore again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they go to their room, and they they told they share in a room, which I think is pretty lame. Also, they go there, and they've got I can remember Natalia. I can't remember the other girl's name. Who are Svetlana? Under, is it Svetlana? Something like that. They're semi-naked, and uh, they're just absolutely absolute stunners when they first meet them. And they turn to go to the spa where, where they're going. So they go to the spa, and it's just it's full of naked women who are just unbelievably good-looking, aren't they? Yep. And obviously they're thinking where their penis is because most people think, well, this is usual. Where are the ugly people gone? Um, yeah. I mean, Ollie can't wait to get his penis out, can he? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. And uh, ironically enough, the most enthusiastic of them goes first. Um, yeah. Essentially. So they, they meet those girls and the girls suggest they're going to a nightclub and um, they, get on, they strike up a pretty good relationship uh, so they all go to the nightclub with them. And again, there's kind of warning signs throughout this. They're in the nightclub and they're slipping pills. The girls are giving the, the lads pills, aren't they? Yes, which once again will make you think, okay, maybe not. But then again, from it's kind of established from that scene in Amsterdam that, that they're, as you said, they're kind of like on their, you know, um, the last bits of their childhood, essentially, before they start to get serious about their lives. And uh, yeah. they were kind of like experimenting with anything almost. So, yeah, I mean, when you first watched this, when they were exchanging pills, were you waiting? Was it the Uncle Ben moment in Spider-Man when you were waiting for for something to happen? Yeah, you knew something was going to happen. Absolutely. And did I you expected... think the girls were wrongins? Yes, I did. I thought the girls were wrongins from the moment they entered the hostel because it was almost like if something they do say if something's too good to be true, it's because it usually is. Um, yeah. And it was almost a, you know it was almost that being a statement of fact uh, in in this case. Yeah, I mean, Josh goes outside, and that's obviously when he's introduced, or we're introduced, to the uh, bubblegum gang. Yes. And then the creepy man appears, who's on the train, who touched his leg. And it, it sums up Josh's character, that he's the, the bubblegum, uh, sorry, the man on the train, obviously gives the kids some sweets and tells them that these kids are quite vicious and they like sweets, which goes to show that he's been there before, hasn't he? Yes, it does. So it's not the first time that he's actually 
gone there to torture innocent people, which I thought was quite good, and I didn't pick that up first time I watched it. And Josh goes and buys him a drink and apologises, which, again, it shows the, the naivety of, of his character, doesn't it? It does, it does. Um, now, um, the interesting thing, when, when, you, when we first met, obviously, this Dutch businessman in, uh, on the train, did you think, were you, were you, did you feel like, okay, we'll be seeing you again? Certain some guys. Yeah. You did. Because yeah, I, I wasn't did. sure. I yeah. was like, okay. I thought, okay, he's just there to introduce Slovakia. He's a bit creepy. And to be honest, I didn't really think anything of it. Um, but I think you're right. Um, knowing what I know now, now we've started to review films, I'd like to think I probably would have thought we're definitely going to see this guy again. In the cinema, I probably thought nothing of it, um, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, and I think, it, again, it's some of his character up that he's got these girls who obviously want him for their own reasons and their own means. And he's sitting at the bar with this guy, and especially when the guy shows him the um, the hunting elite tattoo on his arm, that you know something's wrong, don't you? Yes. But why is he showing you that tattoo? What's the relevance of that? Which obviously comes into play later on in the film. But I didn't understand um, the bit where when they leave the conversation, when the girl comes over and says, come back and dance with us, mm-hmm. that Josh touches his leg. I didn't understand why he did that, did you? The only thing I thought is was him kind of, it was like another apology, um, saying I'm sorry. That's what I thought it meant. Now we're even, I'm sorry, kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I just wasn't too sure that. Yeah, you could be right. It could be a case of uncomfortable with you doing that, and I overreacted. I thought, yeah, it might actually be spot on. But they yeah. go back with the girls, Josh. Well, they all go back, don't they? Mm-hmm. Ollie's got hold of the um, attractive receptionist, and uh, Paxton and Josh, or actually Josh finally uh, gets his end away. And that's when they wake up and uh, Ollie's disappeared, isn't he? Their Icelandic friend. Yeah. Who did Ollie ended up with? What girl again? What's her name? Receptionist. Um, that's it. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought that was pretty good, but there, it's not that it's not just the girls who live there who are in on it. It's all of the staff at this hostel who are in on it. Yes. So really any attractive women you stay clear of. And I kind of, kept that for the rest of my life <laughs> yeah hopefully yeah uh, better half doesn't hear me say that but yeah because Ollie's yeah. missing um and a young obviously a young Japanese backpacker named Kana um yeah. he's reporting her friend Yuki missing and then obviously they get an, MN- an uh, a, a MMS photo a photo message uh, sent from um I think the um the girl's friend's friend Yuki's phone um uh with obviously her, her and Ollie beneath uh beneath obviously the abandoned factory which is the hostel place the, the, yeah, one of the hostel they, places, the place where this torture they, is taking place. Yeah, that they've left together. That they left together, which is to, when I looked at that photo, it, it almost it almost it was quite good in a way because to me it looked blatantly photoshopped. It looked really bad. Yeah, yeah, and, and I didn't know whether because obviously when I first watched that, when I was um, twenty years old, phones weren't that well. Kind of, the technology was pretty crap to be honest, and to have a coloured phone when I was that young would have been a real bonus. <laughs> well, 2000, yeah, you're probably right, 2005. How long is it? Uh, 30, when I watched it, I was 30, not um, 20, I was 30. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so, um, but yeah, so you say it was proper photoshopped, and that got alarm bells ringing, because he was told, first of all, he left with someone else, and obviously he's gone away with the uh, the Asian girl, and they said that Ollie doesn't even like Asian women. Yes. And then and... they see the guy walking around the town and wearing what was Ollie's coat, wasn't it? Yes. And uh, I thought it was funny that they actually followed him into a, a torture museum. They, they did, 
didn't they? Um, yeah. yeah. So the guy, obviously, it was Ollie's coat, but he said he wasn't Ollie. And uh, that would get alarm bells ringing for me. I'd just leave then. I'd say, sort the whole lot of it, and uh, it, it's something just not right. So No, because uh, I mean, I've got on the synopsis, uh, I remember, it says basically Paxton later, um, uh, Paxton later notices um, that in the MMS photo of Ollie, um, Yuki and the uh, smoke stack is faked. Yeah. Obviously. And obviously later that night, they go back partying with Natalia and her friend. Um, and then obviously Pax and Josh, uh, they get drunk. Uh, and um, this is the thing. Obviously, Josh goes back uh, goes back to the hostel. While obviously Paxton, uh, luckily, in some way, basically um, passes out <laughs> passes out in the... In, at the disco, in what, in what, in like some store cupboard or something. Yeah, because they agree that um, in the nightclub, yeah, Josh wants to go. He just said, "Let's just go and get out of here." But um, Paxton's saying, "Well, that's what people do when they go travelling. There's no rules. We didn't know anything about um, Ollie, to be honest. We didn't even know he had um, a six-year-old daughter or whatever he had." Yes. Um, so let's just go to the nightclub and live our lives. And then you can write about this afterwards, and then everything will be great. And that's what Paxton does. As you say, they both go there. They both get drugged. Yeah. Um, but Josh, unfortunately, does make it back to the hostel where Paxton falls asleep in a, a cleaning cupboard or wherever he falls asleep, which saves his life just from it doing does. that, doesn't it? It absolutely, it absolutely, it absolutely does. It saves his life and puts things on hold for about a day for him. Um, because obviously uh, yeah. uh, uh, he wakes up. I oh, know he doesn't wake up. Um, hours later, it's Josh that wakes up, isn't it? Hours later, obviously handcuffed to a chair in a dungeon room, surrounded by power tools and weapons, kind of like almost like a scene out of Saw, but not quite. And here we have yeah. obviously our Dutch businessman again, but this time in a in a kinky leather apron, apron and gloves. Um, yeah, I think that's great because the only the build up from that, the only it's not even violence really is. Once they they're talking about they should go home, and after they talk about the photograph, you see Ollie's head on like a a pole, don't yes. you? And the Asian girl um, tied to a chair where she's about to be tortured. Yep. But you, you still don't see any any violence or any gore. No, it's all implied then. up until this point, isn't it? Yeah, and the next view is um, the POV from Josh sitting in the chair with the hood over his table. Yep. And all he can see are the instruments of torture. And he's obviously pissed himself in absolute fear. And as you say, you've got the Dutch um, businessman, or complete nutcase, um, goes in the room and the, he's going to torture him. And that's only when the um, the violence starts. It so is. That's quite a, some way into the film as well, isn't it? Yes. It was, it was, was this one of the more disturbing things for you? Uh, scenes. I'm not talking shots because obviously there's a horrible, there's a horrible shot somewhere. Um, obviously, obviously, when we when we are uh, talking about talking about the eye. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I because I've seen so, so many films like like this. I mean, when I watched it the first time, it was pretty horrific. I have to be honest, because there was only Saw, and when I watched Saw, I, I loved it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic idea. And that was extremely graphic as well. But it I think... Was. This is worse, I thought, Yeah. Do you think so? I thought... Oh. I didn't think so. I think because 
from what I remember, sure that these people were put in positions where the guy cut his own leg off at the end of it, didn't he? I think he did. He did. Uh, maybe I can only assume. Well, I can only think then. The reason why I think this is worse <laughs> is because it made me more uncomfortable. See, the idea of when I, again, I can only go back to when I first watched it. The idea of backpacking in remote places not does this happen because looking on the internet there's there's loads of forums in regards to was this based on true story from people's stories who they traveled or personal experiences there's so many forums on um if you google uh hostel behind the scenes there are just so many and even an interview with eli roth people have asked him when the film, film was released about the experiences was this someone you who you spoke to who'd been backpacking so I think psychologically the idea of it is for me was a lot worse than the actual visual effects of sitting watching it maybe I mean for me yeah yeah, it might be it might well be the the reason why I thought it was so bad was, was, was the idea I don't think I don't think so to be honest because because obviously we've spoken about the two thirds of the film we're going to get into the last this last third which is basically the film essentially we've had all this uh, build up and, and and set up as to yeah. as to how this thing is you know is all is organised, and what I like I'm not really for bringing the sequel too much into it though, but what I like about this more so uh, potentially than the sequel is there's still a lot of mystery about how this thing is organised, and it's basically um, it doesn't really answer many questions, and and basically it lets the audience made up to is this organised? Did for example um, the bloke. Um, the uh, Dutch businessman, did he know he's going to be torturing Josh in 24 hours when he met at the club? How is that organised? Um, how do they choose these, the, the, these people? Is it ra- You know what I mean? It has all these questions yeah. and it has all these things which, which, you're, which you're wondering, which I think makes it, once again, more scary. You know, people are scared of the unknown. We don't know much about how, the, how this is all worked out. All we know is, as you said, that pretty much everyone in this small little village is in some way in on, in on it. Yeah. I think the only clue, a slight clue that you do get is at the end, which again we'll cover in more detail, is the the guy who um, Paxton encounters when he gets those clothes, and he says they've got something lined up special for me, I've been waiting for this. Yes. And obviously it's the other Asian girl, so they must... Either send pictures of them or... Well, we kind of learn a bit more of that, um, spoiler alert, in Hostel 2, don't we, of how it works. Um, yeah, I, mean, I haven't seen Hostel 2 for oh, okay. years. Okay, so you, you'll see what I mean. You'll see what I mean. When, when yeah. you, you kind of get an idea about how it's all organised in Hostel 2. For me, which I think, uh, I'm not saying ruins it, but I think it makes it more scarier um, and more uncomfortable that we don't know exactly how. And it just gives us these snippets of and, and ideas and leaves pretty much most of it to, yeah. our, to our imagination. It gives us just enough to help our imagination basically fill in the cracks. Yeah, well, and that's where our first podcast, American Werewolf in London, was good. That you didn't really see a lot of the the werewolf, no, especially the transformation scene, until the very last part of the film, the last twenty minutes of the film. Yeah, which, um, which it all built up to again, you know, yeah. again. Yeah, and that's what just such a good idea because it just leaves it in your mind, and it's so powerful. You, you create all sorts of horrible things, don't you? So. Yeah, I love the fact that when I first watched this, I kind of had a I told you moment to myself when I saw the guy on the train was this guy who was going to talk to Josh. And he doesn't mess around, does he? He's 
he's straight away into torturing him, which is um, which I thought for a second time I found it mildly amusing and quite entertaining because it is such a, a sick fest of violence that it was for me it was bordering on the entertaining of what's he going to do next that's really sick and it was quite comical and, and I don't know if it's because I read. I think, I think like, you need counselling. I think you need counselling. No, I, I, I mean, if you sit and read any Blake Crouch books about serial killers... Oh, yeah, carry on, sorry. They are, yeah, the first book was serial and the second book was killers. And they're such graphic books. They're amazingly good books. And I recommend them to anyone by Blake Crouch. But reading them, and obviously the books are so much better that you can have that visual picture in your mind. And some of them are so extreme... But when you actually see something that on television that it doesn't appear that bad. I mean, I thought the violence in um, The Raid 2 was a lot more extreme than it was in Hostel, um, which is obviously about torturing people. I mean, if you ever get to watch The Raid 2, that is extreme violence. Yeah, but is it? I mean, is The Raid 2 a bit like, for example, the first Kill Bill in terms of it's so violent it almost becomes almost like a comic strip? Um, you're looking at rather than this is borderline I, I see what you mean like almost borderline like comic stripping you know like you're like always you most reading comic but uh, almost re- almost realistic enough to actually m- make you feel really uncomfortable where the raid 2 is a bit like i haven't seen it it's a bit like kill bill s like you know smash lots of blood squirts blood everywhere more, more i don't want to say cartoonish but more something you'd read in a comic book i don't i haven't bear in mind Stuart, i haven't seen the raid 2 um no the raid 2 is is it's quite difficult to describe. Obviously, it's martial arts, but it's the violence with it. And but it's just it's so well done. It's so well directed, and it's quite artistic as well. And it's just, but you sit there watching it, and you kind of if someone dies, they get shot in the head with a shotgun. You actually see it. It's okay. CGI'd so well, and the, the assassin fight with the claw hammers. I found myself kind of laughing. Which he took someone out, thinking, "Fucking hell, that is unbelievably extreme." But it was entertaining because it it, it isn't true, and I don't know if that's a, a okay. an age thing. When you're watching the film, if I was younger and 20 years old, it would freak me out a lot more. But now, having watched the all the Saw trilogies and the Evil Dead films, that this is just another one, but it's done in another way. But I think it's done in a a, a really good way. Because he starts off with obviously drilling holes in each of um, Josh's thighs, doesn't he? Um, is it thighs? He drills um, holes in his thighs and then he drills holes in his shoulder blades. Yeah, drilling him in his yes, yeah, that's it, that, that's it. And once he's done, he sits down. I mean, did you guess it was going to be the the uh, du- the um, Dutch businessman before, before it all, happened? No, I, I didn't. First of all, but it, it didn't surprise me when it turned out to be him, which I think it made it more fucked up, the fact that he was talking to him really nice on the train, and at the bar, Josh apologised and bought him a drink. And you kind of think, did you know when that guy was, when you were buying that guy a drink, that he will be torturing you and killing you the next night? I mean, it goes to show, if he does, how fucked up that that bloke is. Absolutely. yeah. is that he's willing to engage in conversation and then torture him. It's almost akin to some people, uh, uh, not quite, but almost, you know, like when they're picking their lobster in the tank before they eat it, almost, you know? Yeah, you look but at worse. it really nice, and you love it, and then you're going to get it boiled alive. 
yeah, it, it's pretty much the same because Josh asked why. And the guy says, I always wanted to be a surgeon, but the balls wouldn't pass me. Yes. Uh, uh, when he's talking, he's, he's got that crazy look in his eyes still. And Josh throws up. And I, I think that's really good. It's really so realistic when Josh is chucking up. And he says, I want to go. And he says, oh, is that what you want? He says, it, it says that oh, you, it, really it, nice. you know something's going to happen then, don't you? Yeah, then you just hear two slashes. And you're not um, sure what's happened. You've got an idea, no. maybe, but... Yeah, and then Josh tries to stand up. Oh, no! Oh. Yeah, he's cut his Achilles tendons in half, both on both legs. Oh, God, it was yeah. horrible. That was, that was so gross. And the thing, you don't... In terms of the actual gore part, at this point, you don't really see much, but you see enough to, to, to make me feel so uncomfortable. I was grossed out. And there he is, basically crawling to the door, and I'm like, for fuck's sake... You know, he's yeah. obviously not going to get out, and you know by the time he gets to the door, it's not happening. Essentially, you know, yeah. um, and I, I was just like, pardon? He slits his throat after that, doesn't he? Yeah, which kind, which I almost thought was against the Dutch businessman's character at, at that point, um, only because. He'd been so succinct, and he seemed to have this kind of plan of what he was going to do, and then letting him go. Um, and you know, the only reason why he let him go, or thinking of letting go, was was to enjoy it. I thought, for me, that character probably wouldn't have killed him that quickly. Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought that no, was a, a bit bizarre. You do see him because obviously he's talking about being a surgeon, but he's got um, like shaky hands, isn't he? He does. And later on, when Paxton's being brought down to the cells. You actually see Josh on a slab with his stomach opened up, don't you? Uh, got you. Yes, you do. But yeah. So he's operating on him. He's taking his organs out. and so I think... Okay, no, fair enough, fair enough. I completely... I hadn't really put those two together properly, Stu, because I remember that scene, and I was yet more grossed uh, by it. Um, yeah. I think you're you right. Josh's yes, head on the trolley, it looks like his lips have been sewed together as well, doesn't it? It, 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 oh god it's just it, it gets worse doesn't it that's equal that's so, it's so fucking the whole thing is so disturbing from this point onwards it's almost a completely different film if you're watching the first two thirds um, yeah if you if you if you were watching it around someone's house and you came in on the last third of the film you would just think what the fuck are you watching yeah and interestingly you wouldn't obviously care about the characters because this film the one thing this film does do uh, even though I, I, I didn't really enjoy any of the torture stuff, but what it does do, and I can't ignore the fact, is it does make you care about these characters, and that helps with you feeling uncomfortable knowing what these characters, knowing what these characters are going through. Um, it, obviously, in particular, Josh, and then obviously yeah. pa- Paxton later, and in a slightly lesser extent, obviously the um, um, Yuki, um, you know, one of the one of the Asian girls. Uh, I think the, one of the Japanese backpackers, even so. Yeah, I, I, I love the fact that Paxton wakes up. Um, in the club. He wakes up in the club, yeah, then he goes back to the hostel. And they, as far as they know, um, he's dead. Yes. And he, that's when they speak to um, Jedi, who's the production assistant, uh, who's the, the male behind the counter in the, uh, he's the hostel. He's creepy. I thought he did a yeah. really good job. He's creepy all the way through this film. Yeah, and even when you see him um, talking to Eli Roth about was that good and did I do okay, he's, as you say, he's really, really creepy. I don't know if it's because of his broken English or, or what it is about him, but he's really creepy. And that freaks Paxton out that you checked out, you're not here. Paxton says, well, I didn't check out. And uh, he goes to the room again 
then there's two more attractive women in the room who are semi-naked, and they say we're going to the spa. And obviously, that's when it clicks in that this is a routine set up by these women, and this just isn't right. But again, personally for me, I would just get the fuck out of Dodge, and I'd go. Most people probably would. Um, in terms of it's, it's like fight or flight, and I think you most people would very soon realise that they can't. They're not really going to be able to fight this establishment. Is it? I mean, you, you almost yeah. need to go to, to Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, you know, the, the commando version of him, and say, "Let's yeah. get our guns and come back," because nothing's stopping this, really, is it? It's it's so big. Obviously, no, as we big. said, the whole village is involved. Yeah, even so much so that Paxton goes to the police station to report his friends missing. And uh, the policeman takes a report. Uh, then Josh goes to find the two girls, who, which you pointed out, when he finds the two girls in that pub, that they're, they're rough looking, aren't they? But yeah, no makeup, they look completely rough. When I looked at RMDB, um, uh, uh, one of the trivia bits was uh, Elo Roth basically wanted to make them look uglier as the film went on. They didn't really get uglier as the film went on. They went from basically nice looking at the disco to quite rough, obviously, there, without all their makeup and everything. And they did look ugly. Obviously, yeah. um, um, and they weren't, uh, they weren't obviously nowhere near as attractive as they were at, at the club. And obviously, you know, I, I was dead sober when I saw the film both times. So, uh, I can't, <laughs> I can't, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm pretty happy with my assessment there. Um, You're a man of extremely high standards, aren't you, Jay? Uh, no, but no, no, extreme, no, no, <laughs> not that high. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But then, what does, that, what does that say about my girlfriend now? So clearly, I, I am a man of high standards now. But I wasn't then. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. But th- what would you do? Because obviously, Josh sees those girls and they say that they went to an art exhibition, don't they? Or, or is it an, an exhibit or an exhibition, something like that? Yeah. It, but one thing before we get to that, one thing that creeped me out with the police, with the police thing, when I thought, okay, I actually thought, okay, he's in on it as well. Um, uh, even though we've already had a lot of clues up to that point, was when he says, "You're in America. You're so far away from home." Yeah, and I'm like, he's not saying that out of sympathy. I mean, I, that was like a really creepy line. I thought, but yeah, it's a line that you're fucked, aren't you? Really? <laughs> yeah, basically. You've your, yeah, you've not got your passport. You've not got your friends. You're on your own here, and that is it. So uh, yeah, that that kind of, and I think psychologically for me, uh, that's more worrying than or more disturbing. Being all alone. Yeah, what you see in, in the scenes because. The, Natalia takes him to the factory yep. and even she gets creepier they go to this factory which is just a run down building isn't it and you've got all these guys wearing leather jackets shaved head all built like brick shit houses. They, they basically this, look like bouncers essentially you know yeah yeah they look like bouncers but one thing I, I noticed was um, which I didn't notice first time I watched it and it's probably because I've watched a shitload of more films there was there was another cameo um from Takeshi Mike, I think it's Takeshi Mike. Did you see that the Japanese guy? Yes. Who says, "Be careful, because you can spend all your money." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and I, watching that, and I've, I've seen three of his films, and and that's another link to Tarantino. He's obviously into um, like he likes his martial arts and things like that, and obviously Eli Roth does as well um, with the Man with the Iron Fists. Because oh, he, because um, Takeshi Mike makes extremely violent films, really sick films as well. And you've got the Dead or Alive trilogy, you've got the 30, uh, and I've seen that trilogy, and I've seen his other film, Thirteen Assassins, which are really good films. But they are extremely violent, over the top, really graphic films. But 
but I, I didn't even notice that first time I actually saw him in there. And uh, it's like a Stan Lee, uh, Stan Lee cameo where he, you kind of think, why do you have to speak? You know what I mean? You can imagine that they gave to Kitchen Mike these lines and he just had to learn them. And again, that's what they said about the, um, the guy on the, was it a Dutch businessman? He didn't speak a word of English. And he had to learn his line phonetically. Was it, the, it? it wasn't the Dutch businessman. It wasn't the yeah. receptionist, was it? Because he was part of the crew. So. Yeah. 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 And uh, I thought that was really good that they've got these locals in. And I think it's great that I think every single one of the cast was used, um, or the crew, sorry, every single one of the crew members in the film was used, uh, including the accountant. Everyone was used um, in the film at some point for some reason or another to play some role. Yeah, I think uh, that, that, what a nice touch. That's a thing to do, isn't it? It is. Considering, really, when you look at it on the whole, Hostel, it doesn't have um, it doesn't have that many people in it. It's ba- you know, um, and it's basically uh, fair enough the people in the background, but it's not going to have. It doesn't really have this massive cast as such either, does it? Mm. So I th- um, so yeah, it, it does it, uh, keep it in the family, so to speak, in terms of uh, in terms of uh, <laughs> using all the crew as uh, you know so, some of your cast and some of them in quite in fairly prominent roles. For example, the receptionist. Yeah, I, I love that touch. I think it's great. Uh, but when they go down to the factory, obviously Natalia points downstairs where to go, and Paxton starts walking there, and she just starts laughing. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> Obviously, he's committed himself. He's yeah. he's added by then. Her true personality but, shines out, just like her ugliness at this point. Um, yeah, she's got no makeup on then, and yeah, for me, I think well, this isn't right. But Paxton still goes downstairs. You're sitting there thinking, why, why? Yeah, it's one of. The, I think the fact that they 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 make these few decisions, which doesn't take too much away from the film, but I think when you step back and think about it. <coughs> Excuse me. It's one of the few things. I think it's one of the few negative things we can that we can actually say about the film that almost, um, almost where, where you're struggling to suspend your disbelief. Would this really, really happen? Because it's been quite good up until this up until this point, mi- minus a few of these moments. And this one was the biggest exclamation mark in particular, saying, "Why?" As you said, "Why are you doing this?" Yeah. Most people probably wouldn't. No matter how much you like your friends, you know there's something not off. You, you know that, okay, the police officer, there's something dodgy there. Um, I don't know why you do it, because it's a bit like, you know it's a trap. Art museum, okay. And the fact that they make this joke about the art museum, they're not going to be at an art museum. He knows Josh. He wouldn't leave. Ollie just left like that. He's got the fake photo. There's so much evidence that says, go away. But yeah, he keeps yeah. he keeps he keeps he keeps them going. I know they say curiosity killed the cat, but no way. I mean, most you're right, and I think this is this is probably one of the biggest sticking points of this film: the fact that he went down there. However, Stu, it is a movie. Had he not gone down there, we wouldn't have had the rest of the film. It, but, no, no. And Josh, oh, sorry, Paxton. Once he goes down there, he sees the um, the Dutch businessman operating on Josh, and that's the first thing he sees. And his reaction to that is such a realistic reaction. It's an absolute look of extreme horror, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, no, it is. It's fantastic. He's operating on Josh and he's got his stomach, well, basically clamped open and he's taking bits out and sewing him up. And it, it, you, <laughs> I kind of struggled to have much sympathy with Paxton at this time, I have to say, when I saw that. I thought, well, how many red lights do you want before you're going to go down that road? And uh, Is it? Is yeah. it? Okay, you say that. 
is it a failure then of the script? Um, do you think they... I can't think of one from the top of my head. Do you think they should have given Josh a better reason to go down there rather than just obviously Natalia doing that and then laughing and everything? I don't know what reason you would have I given. I don't know, because but... you, you see Josh's character come out, that he is a bit of a, a fighter, isn't he? And he's a clever guy. He obviously speaks a lot of languages, which he shows in when the he, film. Well, yeah, when he speaks in... He, it's actually German he, um, he speaks in, I think. Yeah, and... It, it, I think that's great, yeah, because he, obviously when he's in Amsterdam, he's speaking Dutch to those guys um, when he's locked out of the hostel. Yeah, because he's basically and, uh, saying, please don't kill me. Um, you know, every time you sleep, you'll remember this, or stuff like that, essentially, is what he's saying. Yeah, because he gets jumped by the bouncers strapped in a chair, then the guy comes along who's going to um, torture him. They ask him to speak to prove he's American, um, yeah. which is obviously part of the deal that he must want to torture an American. Um, and then he's put a... Um, the guy just kind of plays with him, doesn't he, really? He gets scissors out and cuts the scissors in front of his face. And then he gets the chainsaw and does the same. And Josh starts speaking to him in German. Yeah, but even even before that, he's kind of... He's almost, he's almost, he's almost has start having these mini-orgasms as he's doing it. He's getting sexually yeah. excited, I'd say. It's, I, don't, yeah. I know that sounds wrong, but that's the only way I could I could describe it with, with this guy's reactions. Yeah, yeah, and you can see it on the guy's face when his hands are shaking and he's touching Josh uh, Paxton's mouth to see if he'll bite him. And he's, he is getting really sexually stimulated from, from this. And I, I think that's even worse than the, the Dutch businessman. You do? Yeah. Cause Dutch businessman is obviously completely mad as a box of frogs. And you get to know his kind of, um, characterized background story of why he loves doing this. He's clearly a sick individual, but, you see him sewing um, Josh up and taking his bits out and stuff like that to operate on him. This guy is obviously his MO is to scare the shit out of people. And he's getting off on it, isn't he? As you say, he's getting the chainsaw and putting the chainsaw in front of his face. Yeah, he and is. He, he, he likes the, the dominance of it because once uh, Paxton starts speaking to him in German, he calls for one of the guards to complain to go and put a, um, a Pulp Fiction little game mask on him, doesn't he? A little ball in his mouth. He, d- he does. He does. And he's thinking, shit, what's going to happen here? And then and at that point, he um, he gets, obviously, I forgot, I don't know what torture device it is. It looks like some kind of weird clawy fork thing. I'm sure there's a yeah. name to it. And obviously gets him and his, it starts hitting his leg, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He starts smacking his, he does each thigh, doesn't he? Again, yeah. he starts smacking him with it. Um, but, which is, yeah, which is pretty gross. Then he gets the chainsaw and he cuts two fingers off him, doesn't he? Yeah, but he doesn't do that. No, but, but before that, um, he he basically Josh is obviously so scared, like obviously his friend, he starts puking up. But because he's got the ball, he starts to choke. And this guy's obviously yeah. concerned enough because he wants to see this. By the sounds of it, he you almost feel that he wants to see this guy die slowly because he's that sick and he's getting that. As he said, he's getting that stimulated by it, and he gets concerned. Yeah. He gets so concerned, he he um. He, I, I don't know whether he cuts his fingers off on purpose. It looks as though he's just trying to cut, obviously, the handcuffs so this guy can try and, you know, stop choking. And it's yeah. almost like the, the fingers getting cut off is almost an accident. It's terrible, and it's probably one of the, it's one of the most shocking things, um, shocking things in the actual movie, um, because it happened, so, it happened so quickly. And in some ways... It's more shocking than the eye because you know the eye's going to happen a few seconds before. This suddenly happens just like that, and you're like, "Oh my god!" You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it, 
cutting his fingers off was the guy's downfall, wasn't it? It, it was, but then, but then he stood choking. So he takes obviously. Is it is it Josh or um, the, the 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 torture weirdo bloke that takes the ball out of his mouth? I uh, forgot I'm now. Not, not that it matters, but I can't really remember. No, because the ball gets taken out of Josh's mouth, obviously, and then he's continuing to be sick. But was he pretending still to be sick at this point? I don't. I, I think he was genuinely being sick. I think you could see that he was scared shitless, wasn't he? And I thought. The acting on all of the people in this film for the torture scenes, um, again, they go into it when you go behind the scenes, but it's so good, it's so realistic, it's so extreme what's happening. They're, they're not just screaming, they're begging for their lives, aren't they? They are. Because they've been tortured so slowly and they're not being killed straight away. It is absolutely awful. And again, for me, psychologically, it was worse than what I was actually seeing. And, uh, and I don't know, if just because of how many things I've watched and read, you do, do get like desensitised. But, um, yeah, so the guy's got the chainsaw and there's a pool of blood on the floor. And he, sl- he, sl- and it, he slips. He, he slips, which is quite a moment of comedy, really. It is. And he starts cheering for Paxton. Yeah, he cuts his leg off. Um and you get there because he's pulling on the handcuffs. Paxton is the screws come loose. Yeah. And uh, the guys, he shoots him, doesn't he? Does he shoot him or how does he? Paxton, I think Paxton shoots him. The guys kind of either reach for the chainsaw or something. Um, yeah. Paxton shoots him in the head, doesn't he? Yeah. It pretty much kills him straight away. Yeah. Yeah. And would you, because obviously he's so interested in trying to pick his fingers up. Would you be interested in collecting your fingers or not? I probably would be at first. Um, because I'm thinking there's so oh no I've lost my fingers I can't play I can't play my Xbox no I'm joking no um, <laughs> <laughs> there goes my sex life um, no I'm um, yeah because because it'd be interesting in obviously picking up I, I I probably would but I don't know obviously I could understand why he why he did that uh, yeah um, and obviously yeah. it plays into it a bit later doesn't it as, as well obviously the fingers. Yes, yeah, because a guard comes. He calls for a guard, doesn't he? The, the yes. big burly guard comes in and he shoots him as well. Yeah. Dresses up in the, um, the sick guy's outfit and then just goes down the corridor and hides in a cupboard. And you just knew. Uh, it is a bit of a tropey moment because it's the same in all different films, isn't it? When you go into a cupboard of darkness and they they pan around to the front of you and you turn the light on, you just know there's going to be either someone behind you or it's going to be something extremely grotesque. Absolutely. And uh, this film, thankfully, as usual, does not let you down. No, but, and you, you kind of expected it. And, uh, and what was interesting, even though he got out of this, obviously, the torture room, you, I was still thinking, how the hell is he going to get out of this? You know? Yeah, and this was really tense. It was. When I watched this again um, for the first time, um, just for the review, I found this, was, even though I knew what was going to happen, I couldn't remember, and I felt it was a really well done moment. I have to say, because you've got the mixture. Obviously, he escaped by hiding on a trolley with the bits of human body parts, doesn't he? Yeah. So you've got the, the, the tenseness of will he escape, uh, and then you've also got the gore of him having to hide, and some of it's his friend's body parts yes. on a trolley. And I think the mixture of both of them is really, really good. And the fact that he he's wheeled on the trolley, he goes in the lift. And the guy who is wheeling it is a, a giant of a guy who's really hunched over. Yes. And 
and if the hand falls off the trolley and the trolley's stuck. And his fingers and fall I, off at one point as well, don't they? Yeah, I thought he's had it. I thought, I thought he's going to bend down to pick up the the hand that the trolley's stuck on and he's going to see Paxton and Paxton doesn't stand a chance against this geezer. But no. he manages to make it into the... Well, it's not a kitchen, is it? But this guy's job is basically to cut up the bodies that have been tortured and to throw them into a furnace. Yeah, get rid of the evidence, essentially. Yeah, and that, hence the large chimney. And Josh smacks him on the head with a mallet. Oh, sorry, uh, Paxton smacks him on the head with a mallet and escapes, doesn't he? Yeah, and we're assuming because of the whole blood of the mallet, this guy's dead. Or he's not going anywhere anytime soon. So, Yeah, so he jumps up in the lift. And again, the lift doors are opening and there's these bodyguards there. And still, I think there's still a lot of tension there for, uh, yep. for what's happening. Yeah. And he goes into the locker room. Oh, this was this, this was quite this was probably the most tense moment um, outside for me outside of the torture the torture stuff. Yeah, also the being in the trolley so yeah. well because it was done quite casually, wasn't it? It, it, it? There wasn't the music playing, and it was just this for people who haven't seen it. Uh, Paxton's obviously escaped. He's in the locker room. He's trying to find someone else's clothes because the torturers dress up in these aprons. He finds the, the um, someone's clothes conveniently, like in all movies, they fit in. Um, then this other guy walks in, and you don't know how much this other guy's seen. Um, and he's ready to torture someone, and he's an American. And he starts questioning Paxton, like, who did he torture? How did you do it? Did you enjoy it? And then he wants suggestions on, should he kill him fast or should he kill him slow? And this guy's properly revved up, isn't he? He's messed up. He's about as messed up as, like... Well, as anyone, obviously, yeah, and he's getting really—he's getting really into it. Then he asks for his tattoo, and you're like, "Shit!" Um, and obviously, before that, we had the horrible scene of him putting that, his gloves on his three-fingered hand. Yeah, yeah, uh, which it, disturbed me a bit. Yeah, that kind of made you wince. Yeah, wince it did. Watch that, didn't it? I was like, "Oh, that's horrible." Um, I was—I was, I, was yeah. I closed my eyes at a few points. I must admit. Again, and another thing on IMDb, this is um. The, the porn film, the guy was watching in the factory on the DVD player, is a film called Sex Fever, which is an X-rated parody of um, Roth's first film. <laughs> I think that's, that's great. That is, that is. Guy, when the guy, um, he gets a gun out, and he, do I'm going to quit, i shoot him in the head. Uh, and uh, Paxton says, yeah, kill him quick. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, no, 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 I want to do it slow, I want to do it slow. Old, old school or whatever he said, didn't he, or something like that, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of think, man, this guy is a complete nutter, he's got that crazy look on his face, and he's apparently, he smacked himself so hard yeah. on the head of the gun. <laughs> he did. He nearly knocked himself out, didn't he? Yes, yes, he cut himself, didn't he, I think, because you see in the yeah. back behind the scenes, where they're obviously talking about it, where they're yeah. trying to heal himself up. He's quite a well-known actor as well, isn't he? I forgot his name, the bloke. Yeah, he's been in quite a few films, all went for his credits on... Um, IMDb is, is quite well known, but it's one of those faces you see in films, you think, I recognise him from somewhere. But he's, um, as you say, he's trying to see the uh, the tattoo on his arm and he gets called to go away. Yeah. And um, and he says he's got something really nice planned. And that's when, obviously, you realise that it's um, the other Asian girl. Who's, and uh, that's what we need to think, that these people must have been brought in for order, haven't they? Yes, no, no, absolutely, almost. Um, and obviously Josh is just about, he, he managed to, 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 to play a bit of a, a Call of Duty by hiding behind everything until he gets to the car, once he gets outside. Yeah. 
he's about to start the car, about to get away when he obviously hears the um, he hears his Japanese friend scream, or, yeah. or says a, a female scream, whether he recognises it or not. I think he must recognise it because um, uh, otherwise he, he you because you've heard all these other screams which obviously bothered him, but not to the point to do something about it. And now he decides he's going to do something about it, which once again yeah. I thought fair enough. And the, the the only the only thing I, I was kind of hoping I said to myself in my head is he must recognise the scream and have an idea who 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 that is, i.e. The, obviously this Japanese girl. I don't know. Yeah, what I mean, thought. yeah, I, mean, I thought my first impression when I watched it for the second time or when I watched it last night was it's probably because I'm a complete pussy, but I just go. I don't know this Japanese girl well enough. She's been tortured, and I can get out. I've seen what they're going to do to people. I, I kind of think, why would you go back in there? But obviously, it's Paxton's character, and you've seen that he is a fighter, to go back in there. But, I mean, if it was me personally, I'd say, well, fuck it, you've had your day, and I'd go. But that's just, as I say, that's just because I'm a complete girl. Not as much as Graham, because I actually watched his film twice. But yes, you lasted more than 20 three, minutes. I'm a girl. But yeah, he goes back, and it was the the um, he rescues her. Not not, not uh, before she almost becomes Two Face. Let's say, I mean, it was yeah. quite bad. Yeah, you, yeah, and uh, again, I, it's probably been sick and a mixture of sick and desensitized. When he walks in there, the girl's in an arm lock, and he's got a blowtorch to her face, and he's just burning her eye, isn't he? Burning. It's horrible. Yeah, and he don't realise yeah. the extent to which he turns around. Very good makeup. And her eyeballs hanging out, and you're like, "Whoa, God, that's just horrible." I mean, yeah, it was I like, just, oh, that made me chuckle. That really made it me laugh. It did me chuckle. I was just like, "Oh my God, that's so messed up." Yeah, you were, uh, you're, you're sick, Stu. That's the only thing I can but say. No, that's why it made me chuckle because it is so messed oh, up. I, I thought, what an original idea of doing it. Uh, done, why the- though? Why? Why? Why does the next thing happen? Obviously, he shoots the American guy with the gun, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. What is what what thing? You know the the coming thing. I actually looked away uh, from watching it. I was in my bed in my iPad, and I put the iPad down until I heard the scream. And I looked. Oh, up. he cuts her, her eyes. Her oh, yeah, yeah her eyeballs I, hanging I, out of her head. Unfortunately, <laughs> I prematurely looked back at my iPad because we had the, obviously the mustard type stuff coming out her eyeball or where her eye yeah. was. See, what annoyed me more about that was that she was screaming. It started to get on my nerves. But but you would have been. I mean, and then why does he cut her eye? That doesn't make any sense. If it's hanging out of her head, there's no way that they can operate and save her eye. I mean, no. he's blowtorch the whole side of her face. True. The easiest thing to do, which she's lost her vision, would be just to cut her eye out. And I think it's great that they do that. I think it's so entertaining. Oh. I think it's so gross and over the top. I think it's brilliant. I really, I thought it was quite good. And again, because it was extreme. It really, it made me laugh because it is so extreme. Oh, that's that's the only way that you can take it. I actually felt ill watching that. Maybe it was something I had for dinner, but I actually felt really ill watching that scene. Yeah, yeah. And um, they said, <coughs> sorry, they said that um, when she put her makeup on, yes, the burnt face when she looked in the mirror, she was for the first time. She was so shocked she began to cry. She and did. That's just a testament to the the crew and the makeup artists who actually put this on. That it looks so realistic and it, it is so graphic and gross because it's not something that you see and it pulls away just to leave it to your imagination. You actually see the whole scene of 
her face being burnt with a blowtorch and it's held against her face. Then he cuts her eye out or her eyeball hanging out of her head. <laughs> and you see like the pus come out. And uh, it's, it's, bad. Uh. it's Yeah. Well, we've got different points of view. I, I think comical and great. And it uh, is gross. Don't get me wrong. It is gross, but it's over the top gross, which is, which is good fun. And yet, yeah. and yet you're not seeing anyone for this. Is that correct? Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, I've stopped now. It was no use. Once I gave them the list of films we're going to do for the next lot of uh, reviews, they just said it was no point. Too late. <laughs> yeah, uh, casebook. But uh, they both escaped in the car. Um, they come to a roadblock, and obviously this has been set up by the police. They've been alerted, and the police are in on it because Paxton looks out the window whilst he's at the factory and sees the... You presume he's either got to be chief of police who reported the misper to. Yeah. But, but he's in on it as well, like the whole town is. So they do a runner and they go to the train station. And again, I was still wondering when I first watched it, how on earth are they going to get out of this? Yeah, because they're looking for him at the train station as well. Basically, guarding the train. Yeah, well, actually, we've skipped a, a, a quite an important part in the excitement, in the tenseness. That whilst they're going to the train station, they drive through the little village. That's it, and that's when they see the roadblock. Yeah, and... Um, they see, obviously, the two women, and they see Alex, um, who they met in Amsterdam, all chatting. Yes. Again, even though he doesn't still need more any realisation of the circumstances, that he sees them, and they see him, and you've got the mixed look of panic between everyone. And I love the fact that he drives the car, the, the, um, the what was he, the blonde one, I don't remember her name, but he takes her out, she smacks her head on her. He takes them all out. Stone. Yeah, and but then, I love the way Natalia is taken out. Well, yeah, she, she, she goes she's over injured. the bonnet. She's still alive, yeah. isn't she, after going over the bonnet? Yeah. And then the, the baddies who are after in the follow-up car who are pursuing them and then just drive over her head and just crush her, don't they? Yeah. Uh, I just, again, because you've just come from the scene of a girl having an eye cut out, this, I, I thought, was... Brilliant! You got to come up and, and I was cheering at this point. I, I think I think half the cinema was basically cheering. I was at the cinema going, "Oh yeah, he, he kind of got some revenge." And at this point, it's <laughs> after what everyone has gone through, it's perfectly believable that he would do that. You know, after going yeah. through everything, because at the end of the day, had he not met her, had it not been for her, his friends would still be alive. Had he not met that, horror, that, that obviously the bloke back in Amsterdam, he wouldn't have even gone to Slovakia. There, I, I, there was a lot of hatred in that pedal push, wasn't there, when he pushed that There pedal. was, yeah, it was extreme. And uh, again, they're chasing him through the village, and the car that, thankfully, the car that they've they go through the uh, bubblegum game and get stopped, don't they? Yes. And the baddies are behind them and they see a massive bag of sweets, which is obviously their currency. And uh, they want the sweets, but the two baddies are interested in just chasing Paxton. And one of the kids throws a brick out the window, which hits the guy on the head. They throw the other one. And again, this is, it's so quick happening that you actually see both of these guys they get killed by this gang, but they get their heads caved in. Yes. And you actually see their heads getting caved in. And again, you kind of watch it, you kind of think, oh, fuck, that is, that is brilliant idea. That is extreme. Um, but because they were so bad, and because you want Paxton to get away, uh, it didn't bother me at all. I just thought it was great excitement. Is yeah. that wrong? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if your counsellor can't help you, Stu, I can't. <laughs> 
unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've got I've written down here very OTT and funny. <laughs> yeah, you need help. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah then so they, and then, they're, they're then uh, we're back at the train station again. Yeah, where it all started in Slovakia, and the Chinese girl, I can't remember her name, but she gets a look in the mirror of just how awful she does look, um, which is understandable, considering she had a blowtorch put to her head and her eyeball cut out. But she jumps in front of a train, which allows Paxton to escape on the next train. But I love, and they show it in the making, um, of the the spray of blood or the, the uh, people waiting for the train. Yeah. Did you, did you notice that? What, the, um, the people, go ahead again. The people waiting for the, the train. The members of the public who are waiting for the train. Yes, they are. Yes. And uh, when they, obviously when she jumps in front of the train, you've got the spray of blood across all their faces, haven't you, from yeah. the Japanese girl. Yes. Again, that's uh, another over the top. It was, it was. But the nice moment of, had he not actually gone back to save her, the, uh, somewhat ironically, he wouldn't have got on, argue, he might not have got on that train. I mean, no, the, escaped, it was almost yeah. like the butterfly effect. The fact that he did that set in motion, obviously, her jumping on the train in the end and him being able yeah. to actually get get on that train just as it left. Yeah. I mean, they used over 150 gallons of blood. In this film. Job. Bloody hell. Yeah. You can understand why. Yeah. Um, it, having said that, if, I'm, if we are going to look back, it wasn't... When you say 150 gallons, it wasn't that gory for 150 gallons of blood, if that makes any sense. No, it wasn't like The Shining where you had blood gushing down the corridor and yeah. things like that. It, it wasn't that extreme. But I'd, I'd was, even argue in Kill Bill, there's, there, there's probably more literal blood in terms of when she cuts off all the limbs and things like that, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Than, than in this film. No, I, com- I completely agree. I mean, then obviously Paxton escapes. He's, he's quite relieved. He's sitting on the train, and then he hears a Dutch businessman talking to other people on the train, having uh, exactly the same conversation to people, isn't he? Yep, yeah, obviously eating with his hands. Yeah, and talking about his hands. So he follows him to the train station, and uh, he's got the business card of the Elite Hunting Club, which is the, the tattoo that everyone has, the exclusive club that they're in. And he passes it under the door, doesn't he? And do you think the reaction of the Dutch businessman is a happy one or a, a frightened one? I couldn't gauge what it was. He's frightened, I think, because he knows something's off. Because that wouldn't be passed under any, in, in normal circumstances, that obviously wouldn't happen when he follows him through. So I think yeah. he's like, oh no, what's what's going on? Yeah, so he passes it under the cubicle door, he puts his hand down to reach it, and Paxson cuts off his same two fingers that he has missing, doesn't he? Yes. And I wasn't too sure whether that was for himself or not, but those fingers are left there, I think, at the end of it, aren't they? They are, they are yeah. Yeah, it's just out of pure spite and he dunks his head down the toilet and he cuts his throat yes it's quite it's quite graphic um, the, there was going to be an alternate ending to that uh, the original ending was obviously him kidnapping this bloke's daughter wasn't it oh was it really yeah there's something about kidnapping this bloke's daughter um, however I think um, I think either Eli Roth or people were saying that obviously the ending we had now the one we're talking about was a lot more satisfying and I think they're absolutely right I don't think it would have been right kidnapping his daughter I think that would have been a bit wrong and I don't think we would have sympathised at all with obviously pa- uh, you know uh, Paxton but we do um, with this ending if that makes sense yeah that would have been quite an interesting ending though wouldn't it if, it would if, have been it would have shown an extreme that um, that Paxton would have gone to but I don't think pa- I think that would have almost been that, that would 
I would not even he's gone through that much. I don't think Paxton would have done that. I don't think he would have uh, done that to obviously someone that you know is innocent. Um, only because we've got this character of him going back, obviously, for the Japanese girl trying to save her. So then, why would he do? I I, I think that would have been. A, I think that would have been a, a much worse ending. Yeah, but, yeah, it would have been an interesting ending. It maybe would have spoiled the ending to where it leads into number two. Yeah, it might, it may well have done, but I think we've got a nice ending. And even if you don't want, not for me, um, not reviewing number two, but Hostel, it didn't, this didn't need a sequel. Whether number two was the best or worst film ever, um, I felt that it was good enough on its own. I, after watching this, I wasn't gagging for a sequel. I thought it was a fantastic, well, fantastic, well, I don't know about that, but, but a very f- fantastic horror film, let's say, um, in its own right. I mean, do you did you felt it needed a sequel after this or not? You, um, did you want to watch a sequel? Yes, I wanted to watch one. I mean, I haven't watched a sequel, and I can't remember it. I know it's females and a slight role reversal, but um, I mean, I probably have to answer that better after I've watched uh, okay. Hostel Two. But I think it's interesting through the whole film with regards to obviously when it starts off when you've got the uh, the S&M scenes and things like that, the people being tortured, I suppose they're being tortured, they're being punished by the prostitutes, yes. um, their own gratification, to the other extreme of the film, with uh, the people being extreme, or, or extreme view of violence, really, isn't it? For yes. people's gratification. Yes, yeah, I, I, I thought that was, that was, pretty good obviously you've got the two different ranges of pleasure one's being tortured for extreme pleasure which he's paying for and the other one's being sorry one's being spanked and everything which he paid for which he enjoys and you've got the other one where someone's paying to actually murder someone and torture someone which they've got no say in so I, I thought that was pretty good from the the Amsterdam perspective from the Slovakia perspective what they've got but I thought I thought it was a, a really good film. I'm glad it had a sequel. I mean, I've seen the third one, which is shockingly awful. Which we're not going to look at. We're not going to look at that. Yeah, we're still work clear. But now I'm looking forward to watching the second one to, to where it goes. I mean, I, I, from what I remember, I enjoyed watching the second one. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. I, I think the film Hostel altogether is a great film, which I would recommend to anyone, obviously, above the age of 18, but I'd recommend it completely. To and anyone? Was... Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so, what was your best and worst bit, then? Um, I've got to be honest, I haven't really got a worst bit in the film. It wasn't one bit where I thought I'll pop out and make a cup of coffee or something like that. I, I, I enjoyed all of the film. Um, my best bit... Um, I probably enjoyed the bits where people started to get tortured going. It really got going and you didn't know just because of the fact that you were waiting to see how far they would go and how far they were allowed to go. They went more than far enough for me. Um, yeah, what, what about yourself? Best bit, uh, I don't know, I, I think was the fact that the hero actually prevailed when in this kind of film... Um, uh, it's almost like you kind of like expected almost him to die at some point and then for the credits to roll, you know? Um, yeah. That wouldn't have surprised me. So I love the fact that he kind of got out, kind of got his, got his obviously 
some of the some of the people got their got their come on come up and although we didn't have a balanced equilibrium at the end, um, you, you had some kind of closure, um, obviously until the sequel. But we had some kind of closure of the film, and it was it was bookmarked quite nicely. Obviously, him on his way home, we're assuming he's going to be safe. Um, I think I think the, the the worst the worst bit was just some of the decisions we're talking about that the three guys the three guys make. Dis- I mean, and in particular, uh, Paxton. Uh, Paxton, in terms of, as you said, there's all these warning lights, and he kept on going, and unfortunately the story wasn't really giving us enough of a reason to believe why he kept on going, uh, which I think was a was a was a, was, a, was a bit frustrating. I can't, I didn't enjoy the torture scenes, right? But but as uh, um, well as as obviously we're talking, and we're we're obviously talking about films, discussing the good and bad points. I cannot criticise them either. But for just saying yeah. I, I don't I, I didn't enjoy them, I do think they're very, very they're, they're really well done to the point that I felt so uncomfortable, even though you know it's a film and you know it's fake, I still felt so uncomfortable and I actually felt a, a bit ill ill with the icing. So the makeup's very good. The stuff that implied is absolutely fantastic. And I think you overall have got a, a very strong script with a few um, with a few weak points. Very interesting character characters. I love the fact that you said that the crew all, that the crew were also in it. So there's there's a lot to like there's a lot to like about it. Um, obviously I wouldn't re- I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. I think if you like Saw and that kind of thing, or you want to try a slightly new horror film after watching all these teenage slashes, which were around um, you know around the time, obviously Scream and things like that. Um, and I know you yeah. did last summer. This is this is a. A completely different horror, which you may or may not be prepared for. Um, yeah, as you say, it, it is extreme, but I think it's a necessary extreme, and and I think that's why they can get away with it because it is done so well, and it, it is part of the story that these people are being tortured, and it's the the length they'll go to to be tortured, and I think because you get to know the character so well that and it's done so well that they can get away with it. And, uh, I mean, looking on the net, it says that this film knocked um, The Lion, Witch in a Wardrobe off top spot of the box office. Yes, and again, when it was released on DVD. So it goes to show that there is an audience, there is a niche audience out there for it. And because it's done so well, that people will go and watch it. It wasn't a film that was done with a crap storyline, with crap actors, but produced appallingly, but with graphic extreme violence. No, it wasn't your. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't basically a Hollywood, a Hollywoodized version of the of this horror film. It was very much. Uh, I think Eli Roth um, stuck to his guns, and that's why, um, for the audience, it was intended for was a, was ultimately a very good film. Yeah, definitely. So out of five, what would you give it? See, for me, I'm going to give it. It's a three, but that's because I didn't enjoy the torture scenes. I think, having said that, um. I think if you liked, this is better than any of the Saws. Uh, maybe uh, it's on par, maybe with the first one, but I think it's better than any of the sequels. Um, and uh, even though Saw arguably has more of a mainstream following, I still think 20 years from now, this film um, is still, still going to have this uh, cult following. So for me, it was a three. However, if you like this kind of film, Stu, um, yeah. and this kind of thing, I don't think you can really get much better than this, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, which is the reason why I'm giving it a five out of five. But I, I thought you love would. this kind of film. And I, when I get a horror film, which is this kind of niche film, this is what I want to see. This is 
the reaction that I want to get and feel from a film like this. And that is exactly what I got through watching it the first time and even watching it twice this week. That is the reaction I got. And I think it's got all the ingredients there for a really, really good film. And again, I think it's, and I'm a big rock fan, but it's testament to him that he stuck to his guns and didn't go Hollywood. He did, he did. Well, and I thought it was, I think it's a brilliant film. I, I really enjoyed it, and I'm really looking forward to the second one. <laughs> well, there you go. So it's a five from you, a three from me. However, as I said, I think, in terms of uh, all the swords I've seen, and obviously I think this, in this genre, is as, as good as it's going to get. So I think, I think if you like this kind of film, most people I think would give it a five out of five. It's just that, I'm not saying the film is bad, it's just that for me, I'm, I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving it a three. Um, yeah. If that makes it, if that makes absolutely any sense. It does indeed. Does okay. indeed. Any reaction from uh, Graham? What did he give the uh, twenty minutes he watched? Do you know? I've no idea. Well, I'd imagine. I think when we're reviewing Hostel, if, if it is next week, we may be all together. Um, uh, well, you, uh, Graham, you and I. So potentially we can uh, we can ask him then. We might be in our in our in our in our recording room rather than yeah. in different houses. Um, so so definitely definitely we we can we can definitely ask him then if he's brave enough. Getting hold of Nim to find out what his score was, but it goes to voicemail. But I have received a picture of him standing behind a chimney with an Asian female. So right, okay. uh, I know he's okay because they've sent me a picture of it. Fair enough, uh, fair enough. Well, we'll have an update from Nim in about a week's time, I'd imagine. <laughs> or not. Well, that was great. It's a good, good film, <laughs> the podcast. It's a great film. So uh, There we go. So next up is um, Hostel 2. So it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. This. This is something you never forget. Right? Right? Never. Let me show you something. This is pretty sweet. Check this out. What do you think it is? Come on, let me see yours. Come on, let me see yours. We're all in the same club. What? I'll be out in a second, guy. Can I ask you something personal? Do you, do you mind? How'd you do it? I mean, did you do it real slow? Or did you, or did you just get it over with right away? Because that's why I asked for the fucking gun. Because I just wanted to just fucking do it quick, you know what I mean? I just wanted to just get it over with. But now I'm thinking maybe, you know, maybe because I, I, I want to feel it, you know what I mean? I just want to fucking feel that shit. So I'm, I'm th- I don't know what to, I, I'm thinking. What, what do you, what do you, what do you think I should do? Make it quick. Make it quick. Yes. Yeah. That's no. Fuck that shit. Fuck this too fucking American dude. I'm going fucking old school. Who wants this motherfucker? Who wants this shit? Come on, motherfucker.